Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board presented by BetMGM. It is Thursday, April 14th. Michael Beller here with you to take a walk through the 12-game NHL slate on this Thursday. Joining me to do so are Kevin Kurz and Dom Lustician. Kevin, what's going on, man? Not much, Michael. It's 80 degrees here in New York today, so mm. looking forward to that. Get outside that a little is, bit. That is just excellent. Things are taking... <laughs> we're... Chicago for me, New York for Kevin, and Toronto for Dom. So we're all ready for spring to get here. It, it doesn't come as smoothly as we like, right, Dom? But hopefully we're uh, looking at it right around the corner with uh, NHL playoffs, right? It seems like things should be timed out pretty well for that. Uh, yeah, it's a, a little gloomy still here in Toronto, but the weather has definitely gotten warmer over the past week. So I'm looking forward to some sunshine and uh, some 20-degree weather because we talk about Celsius here. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to trust that 20 degrees is a very nice spring weather. Things are warming up for you. Let's warm things up here with some picks on best on the board. As I said, a 12-game NHL slate. And we're going to talk about six games here, actually, on this episode of best on the board. So our, our biggest night of games that we've discussed coming up right here, right now. Dom, why don't you get us started with a matchup between the Maple Leafs and the Capitals. Maple Leafs, uh, pretty comfortable favorites in this one at home. They are minus 160 on the money line. On the other side of this, you've got the Caps at plus 135. What are you looking at in this matchup? Uh, mostly that I woke up and my model said this is incredible value uh no matter which way i look at it whether i add some recency effects to it if i just look at the normal model and i think my model does tend to favor the leafs a bit more of late i think they're a better team than they're given credit for and i think washington maybe isn't as strong as their record indicates they have pretty weak goaltending like the leafs do but i don't think they're nearly as deep and i don't think their top end is nearly as strong especially the way Toronto been playing of late with Matthews and Marner. They've been arguably the two best players in the league. And Washington's top players have been fine, but there have been some struggles after a hot start. And I think over the last month or so, the Leafs have been a dominant possession team. Washington has been just above, just below average. And I just think that this line is fairly short based on the way the two teams are playing right now. I know the Leafs lost to Buffalo, but they always lose to Buffalo, so that's not really saying much. They have a way of playing down to their opponents, and Washington is not one of those teams. I think they bring their A game tonight. Right, so that's the first game we're going to take a look at there. Maple Leafs and Capitals getting together in Toronto. Let's go over to a game with the same lines for the favorite and the dog. It's Penguins and Islanders. Penguins sitting at minus 160. Islanders at plus 135. It's a play from Dom, but Kevin, you're very close to this Islanders team. So I'm going to go to you first on this. How do you size up this matchup? Yeah, this is the second of a back-to-back. They just played in, uh, or, uh, sorry, on Long Island. If I say in Long Island, uh, I'll get uh, I'll get killed by all of the <laughs> Islanders fans. It's on Long Island. That's where they played on Tuesday, and uh, it was actually a really entertaining game. It was a five-four final in in a shootout, and um, you know the Islanders hung with the Penguins, kind of punch for punch here, and, and they've been playing pretty well and. You know, th- this game, I would probably tend to lean towards the Islanders just because I don't really like that line. Um, and it's going to depend on the goalie, I think, for me. I think Ilya Sorokin is going to get the call just because Barry Trotz has, has suggested that he wants to give Sorokin some starts in a row, I think, to see how he holds up. 
Um, and Sorokin's been outstanding. He's really been, I think, one of those players that sort of flowed under the radar all season long. He's, he's suddenly second in the league in save percentage. And he was very good on Tuesday night despite giving up those four goals. So, um, you know, that said, I, I, I'm not going to touch this game. I know Dom likes it just because I think the Penguins probably can see Washington creeping up behind them. I still would think that they want to finish in the top three in the division and uh, Washington's won four in a row. So, you know, I know they still don't have Evgeny Malkin, but I feel like they're probably going to respond at home regardless of, of who the Islanders goalie is. But um yeah, th- this game's a toss-up for me. I, Dom, you can you can talk about why you like this one. I, I don't really like this one as a bet, but it's all you. <laughs> uh, you're obviously very close to the Islanders and know how they're playing, and I, I thought they were playing well as well. I just was a bit surprised to see that their expected goals was near the bottom of the league over the last month. They're still scoring fine. They're out playing those numbers, and I think with the Islanders, it's always given that XG doesn't really say a whole lot about the way they are. But I think before the last month, they were really, I think, coming along in that metric. While the Penguins have sort of been the opposite. They have a strong XG and they have not been actually converting on those because their goaltending has sort of fallen apart. And I guess their their scoring rates aren't at the expected rate. Um I obviously am a little weary that Malkin won't be playing suspended. There's also the chance that Brian Rust will be out, and that would put a damper in this play for sure. But I think at this price, I think the Penguins are still just a much better team. I think they're not getting enough credit because of the little stretch they're on right now. But I think the last game against the Islanders, they starred Casey to Smith. This time will be probably mm-hmm. Tristan Jari, and that should be enough to provide an edge, especially at home. All right, guys, play number three of the night takes us to Chicago, where the Blackhawks are hosting the San Jose Sharks. Sharks, a small favorite on the road in Chicago, sitting at minus 120. On the other side of that, you've got the Blackhawks at plus 100. Kevin, this is one from you. What are you sizing up here in Sharks and Hawks? Well, we got two teams that are on seven-game losing streaks that aren't going to make the playoffs. (laughs) So this is not one of the league's marquee matchups of the night. Um but, you know, the Sharks, they, they've played pretty well in their last game. It was a one nothing overtime loss in Nashville. And the recent games that they've lost, I, I think, you know, I was looking at their, at, at their results over the last little while. They've been to teams that are just better than they are. Nashville, Calgary, Dallas. And then you look at some of the teams Chicago's losing to. It's been Seattle and Buffalo. And now they both lost to Arizona, which doesn't really <laughs> – isn't really a – uh, a positive for them, but um, I, I still just like the Sharks roster here, and I'm not sure who's going to be the goalie, whether it's James Reimer or, or Kapo Kakinen. Um, but I, I still just think the Sharks are, are a better team here on paper, and you know when when I look at them going into Chicago, I think they they probably see this as a winnable game and and a chance to put the put the streak to an end. So uh, I, I like the Sharks in this one. I, I just think they have more players that are. Uh, you know, up and down the roster, there's still a little bit more star power on that team than Chicago has. Yeah, I agree with all of that. My model actually has an edge on Chicago, but I refuse to play it (laughs) because Chicago has just been a very disappointing team of late. Obviously, they're both on seven-game losing streaks, but Chicago's just looked a fair bit worse during that time. And I think the only way I would really consider it is if Capo Kakinen starts, because I just don't think he's a very good goalie, but 
that feels like a, a game I just don't want to touch right now. Okay, we've got a couple of puck line bets from Dom here. First, let's start out with the Canucks at minus one and a half. The minus one and a half is going to pay out at minus 120 against those Arizona Coyotes that we love uh, taking advantage <laughs> of here. Dom, let's hear the argument for laying the one and a half with the Canucks. Uh, well, just a really chalky line. I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, play minus 300. But <laughs> I think the Coyotes are horrific. They've been playing terribly. Uh, we got a, a nice cozy win with the Devils uh, earlier this week against them because they are they're just that bad right now. And I think with the Canucks still for some reason believing there's a shot of the playoffs, they have to win this game. They have to win out basically. And I think dropping a game against Coyotes just isn't in the cards tonight. The motivation is there. The fact the team is a lot better is there, and just I just can't see them really losing this one it's just a matter of whether they can win by two or more which is the goal here you might convince me on that one i think <laughs> i might have to i think i might have to take your advice before you you change the lines yeah <laughs> right right it's, it, we don't have a ton of time this once this episode's out this episode hits the air we've got about <laughs> 10 minutes before uh before things maybe start to shift there so get in and get in on it excuse me while you can kevin we'll go to you for one last pick here golden knights in calgary to take on the flames golden knights are underdogs in this one at plus 135 the flames land minus 160 on the money line what do you like in this matchup Really just the same thought process that Dom went through with the Coyotes. Uh, I, I watched the end of that Vegas game the other night in Vancouver, and the third period was just an onslaught, and they eventually tied it before they ended up losing uh, in overtime. Uh, but, you know, you just look at the standings here, and I think Calgary's in a pretty comfortable place. They've got a nine-point lead for first place in the Pacific Division over Edmonton. I can't imagine they're going to surrender that. Uh, frankly, I just don't think the Oilers are good enough either to, to, to make it interesting, even though they've been, you know, I know they've been winning some games lately. But you look at Vegas, they're coming in, they're fighting for their lives. I still think that team has a lot of character. Uh, they've got Mark Stone back in the lineup now, maybe after a little adjustment period in Vancouver that, that, that you know, they, that, that should help them going into this game with their, you know, basically their their full lineup other than the, you know, 18 guys they've got on long-term injury. Uh, I, I just, I just, to me, this is just a straight motivation game where you just look at the team that needs it more. Vegas needs this more than Calgary. So I think they find a way. Yeah. I, I actually have an edge here on Calgary, but I am inclined not to play it just for that motivation factor. I think the way Vegas came on in the third period was, frightening and I don't know if Calgary has a lot to play for here Vegas has literally everything to play for and I'm worried about how healthy Stone and Pacioretty are if they're really at 100% or if they're just here for the push to the playoffs but Vegas has been playing well they really need this one and I I don't want to touch that game for that reason mostly because maybe Calgary doesn't want Vegas in the playoffs we saw uh Joe Soto's quotes uh the other day about how they're a contender if they make it and if you have a chance to knock them out suddenly the pacific bracket gets a lot easier and maybe calgary tries to put the dagger in tonight i don't know but i don't want to touch it <laughs> <laughs> all right let's wrap things up here dom with the devils and the avalanche this one taking place in denver uh, we're looking at the the other side of the puck line here but the devils catching one and a half on that they are plus 115 so why do you think the devils can at least keep things uh relatively close in this matchup i don't um <laughs> <laughs> I go. hate them, and uh, 
after watching Colorado destroy the Kings 9-3 yesterday, I have very little faith in this one, but sometimes you got to trust the process, and the Devils have won two bets in a row for me, so I'm just hoping they keep it close. Colorado is on a back-to-back. They'll probably be starting uh, Pavel Francouz, and maybe, just maybe, the Devils keep it close, because Colorado has had some letdown games in the past. They've kept it close against Arizona somehow, so it is possible. It's just obviously scary, and I it's plus money for a reason. It probably won't win, but I, I hope it does. There you go. I mean, plus money on a plus one and a half is sometimes uh, a little bit too good to want to pass up and uh, play the edges, play the process. That's what we're looking at here to wrap things up on this episode of Best on the Board. So six plays, guys. I'm excited. I mean, we got half the league covered in the 12-game slate. We'll be keeping a close eye on all six of these when the puck drops later tonight. That will do it for this episode of Best on the Board. For Kevin and Dom, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon. We'll